0: Hey guys, uh once again it's the Dull Crams, uh podcast about education policy, sort of, not really. More just like an unqualified guy me and a qualified guy, Gabe, talking about stuff having to do with schools.
1: Yeah, or stuff loosely around schools, education. It's growing really a up, thing of, about life. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um The World is my
1: school. Right. As a lifelong learner, you can say that with genuine accuracy,
0: which is why we think our audience would love the great courses plus <laughs> <laughs> uh, some of the greatest classes from the best professors in the country, yes, um, at your fingertips anyway, uh this week, we wanted to talk uh, about you know the games you play during recess.
1: we did, but before we get to the games we play during recess, we oh yeah. We were remiss when we finished last week's episode about the Wonderlick test that we were going on and on about other people's most famous scores and, mm-hmm. and what they might correlate to in, you know, employment opportunities and that we ourselves did not have our scores in.
0: Yeah, well, we hadn't taken it.
1: We had not taken it yet. Um, and that, that, you know, occurred to us only moments after the podcast. I think you turned to me and said... You know we really should have taken it for you know to be able to pronounce what we got so I said that you said that oh yeah. wow that was your idea I thought it was his I give you full credit um and so in the in the interim between that episode and this episode we have since independently taken a sample wonderlick online mm-hmm. so drumroll, please for the scores that we got
0: Oh, uh, me? I, I got a, a 43, but the...
1: Wait, wait, wait. No caveating until I announce my no, score, I'm not, at least. No, I'm not
0: like giving myself a handicap. I'm more just saying that, like, the...
1: I, well, I, yeah, but let's okay. not explain. Let's not explain. All right. So, Jillian got a 43, which I'm very impressed with. That was your first time taking it, correct? Yeah. Okay. Well,
0: I took the questions with you on our last podcast. We
1: did a few sample questions, yeah. yeah. Um, but... Those things probably didn't even show up again on your test.
0: Oh, do you mean did? No, I didn't recognize any. Of you the didn't questions.
1: recognize yeah. any of the questions. Okay, right. Um, so you got a 43. I took it and I got a 27. Now, now, here's what I want to say about my score, which I'm not embarrassed by at all. No, no, no. Nor should um, you be. I was only able to, in my limited capacity, answer 35 questions. Yeah, that's the difficult thing. I'm typically slow at test taking and have gone through many standardized tests with, you know, half sections unfinished. So I only answered 35 out of 50 and got a 27. You said, how many could you answer? I only answered 43. So you only had a possible, you know, option of a score of 43.
0: Of what I managed to answer, I maxed out. Right. But, like, it's still... I was sort of like when we were looking at the scores and people had scored like below 10, right. I was sort of more or less thinking that they got 40 questions wrong Right. when I'm realizing now that the 12 minutes is is a much tighter time. It's tight. Than
1: you think. It's really tight. So the other thing that, that I did was I asked my father to take it um, because my father is a, a big fan of the podcast and also... One of the smartest people I know. Um, I'm convinced he's the smartest person ever, but that's just me being biased. So my father took it, and this is a guy who can get every question on Jeopardy right. In fact, later that night, we did play Jeopardy, you know, along with Alex Trebek. And he was, you know, getting scores higher than anybody on on the actual game show.
0: Well, it sounds like he needs to go out to trivia night.
1: Oh, like he's that. very good yeah. at trivia night. Yes, it's, it's weird that we used to play
0: trivia. And where was where was your pop? Oh, he
1: came on the nights when you didn't come. I oh. didn't want any overlap yeah. between okay. you know my forty three Wonderlick scorers and David Zuger. I see. Um, but so he took the test, and he only got twenty nine. Huh? But he only answered. 32 questions. Ooh, I'm curious what he got wrong. Well, he he got one wrong because I was looking over his shoulder for some of it, but he got one wrong that had to do with the Pythagorean theorem and the way that it was stated was there's a, a girl that's five feet tall and she casts a shadow that's seven feet long and then there's a flagpole next oh, to her had, that casts a shadow. Oh, I had one shadow. like that. Yeah.
0: The one I had was she's five feet tall. She casts right. a three-foot shadow. Three-foot shadow, okay. And then I think it was a
1: 21-foot uh, yeah, shadow 21 for the Yeah, 21-foot shadow for the flagpole, right. So it's And then you 35 figure out how tall the flagpole is, right. So he just answered a random number in there. I just I watched him do it um, because he But that was a fill-out one. That's a fill out one. Yes, you had to put the number in yourself. It wasn't yeah, multiple yeah. choice. So he just put. So in, how did
0: he pick a, what, a random number?
1: I think he just put like fourteen in or something. Okay. Like he was throwing it away, and I could see this, and we talked about it afterwards. He was throwing it away because he recognized that his time was running out, and that it didn't make any sense for him to actually work out the math on these two abstract triangles when surely there would be another question coming up shortly that would be like true or false, the sky is up. Can I tell you where your dad
0: got that one wrong?
1: Tell me where you got it wrong. <laughs>
0: well, that answering that has nothing to do with the Pythagorean Well, that's what I say. Because you don't know, you only know one length of each triangle. Right, right. right. So you know that if she casts a three-foot shadow and she's five feet tall, she's a seventh of the height because, the, because the other shadow is 21 feet.
1: Mm-hmm. She's
0: a seventh of the height of the flagpole, and so the flagpole is just her height.
1: I see. Seven. Gotcha. So that's where you get thirty-five. Yeah. So
0: there were Pythagorean, uh, <laughs> <Ugh>. Pythagorean theorem. <laughs> oh my god. One more try. There were questions with triangles, <laughs> um, but those those ended up being like a trickier. Then I thought, I, I didn't know it, realize at first that that's what they were asking for. It was like the one where they walk in opposite directions for 10 feet oh, and then they yes, turn yes, right yes. and walk for another X number of I feet. like
1: that one. That one's a fun one. It, yeah.
0: it was fun. And then like I did, at first I was reading that and I'm like, oh, yeah, they, first, they
1: made a mistake in the question. At first I thought it was a trick and they were still only 10 feet apart because they both, both turned, turned in the in, same direction. Yeah. And then I realized, right, that they didn't. They turned yeah. in opposite directions and it got longer. Mm-hmm. Um. So anyway, my father and I both came away with the same understanding, which was, I, I mean, because then we then we had to look back at some of the famous football scores and we couldn't believe some of the scores that people were getting. Um, You mean how high they were? How or? high they were. Oh. Like, like, uh, you know, the low scores still surprise, but we couldn't believe Ooh. how high they were based on the fact that he and I both got in the, you know, just mid and upper 20s Can on our I? first tryout. So what we decided, well, go ahead. Oh, oh, well, I was going to ask, um, do we know what the average
0: that football players get? No.
1: No. We don't know what the average of all – we only know by position. But okay. But we don't know the average of all football players. But we
0: players. do know the average by
1: yes. position. Yes. Okay. We did have the average by position. So t- we said uh, on the podcast, it's our understanding that by having a score of 26 or 20, uh, 27 for me, sorry, and 29 for my dad, QB baby. we would be left tackles.
0: Oh, left tackles.
1: Which, I mean, obviously, you could see me in a left tackles role. Well, blindside is, if I knew more about football, about, I might know. <laughs> oh, the, the <laughs> left tackles is blindside? The left tackles blindside, yes. Oh, okay. There
0: you go. Uh, Gabe, Gabe doesn't have the body type of... Uh, <laughs> What's the name of the guy? Who's Michael Orr. Michael Orr. Yeah, Michael Orr's a
1: lot bigger than Gabe. <laughs> um, but so we decided based on the high scores that we saw that it, it, it seemed clear that people, while they don't care about the test at the NFL Combine, they're clearly practicing for the test, right? Because what we felt is if we had done it again, new questions, new setup, our strategy would have been: I want to burn through as many questions as possible because both of us would have had room for improvement if we had gotten to fifty questions. Even yourself, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you had gotten to fifty questions, maybe you got a couple of wrong, but you know, there would have been the opportunity for a higher score. Well, I'm sure they've
0: taken it before one, just because it's like a twelve minute test. Why right. not try? it and, and also, all it's kind of, of fun. All of these uh, players are taking it. As they're coming out of college, which right. doing it and like realizing how short oh, so 12 you're minutes they're at their was peak
1: brain faculty.
0: Well, I'm not saying that they're necessarily, oh, but I in terms of like
1: going. they're in terms of test taking. Yeah, they know that, for me, tests, like
0: right. uh, I definitely noticed while taking it, like oh man, it has been a long time since I've like just sat down and even like solved simple things right. to answer on a right. test. Um, and it's definitely a muscle there.
1: It's definitely a muscle.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But.
1: It was kind of fun. I mean, yeah, uh, I the, would take it Actually, again. you know
0: what were the hardest questions for Don't. me? Tell uh,
1: The word scrambles. Those definitely that was impossible. my time. Oh, no, 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 no. I, I, there were, so we got, I got, I, do you remember I saw the at one, least two word scrambles. One How of, many do you think you saw?
0: I feel like I saw more than that. But I, I know I had passerby. Wow. Which the way that they also had set it up yeah, was like, it, it wasn't just like a word jumble in like a bunch of letters next to each some other. Some of them they were that spatially way. set. Yeah, some yes. of them were that way, but the, this one, they were spatially set
1: up weird.
0: Like, so it was basically, it was almost like an oval shape.
1: Almost an oval, but it was so irregular, right? They, yeah. It, they weren't, you know, equidistant from each other. It I, was it as, such as though, it was such as though a long somebody time threw, it threw like Scrabble tiles at the screen. And just wherever they landed, that's where the letters were.
0: Yeah, it was it was hard. I I really I can't had... believe
1: you got any of those. Those were definitely ones where I was just like, I'm going to fill in with wrong letters and just get to the next one. Well, yeah,
0: one thing that did help me, though, with it is I just typed the letters first, and then I could look at them in a straight Ugh. line.
1: See so you with these strategies, you're right. I, I would want to take it again or take it yeah. back when I was in college trying to, you know... The questions Actually do my best.
0: that I was best yeah. at, or like I think disproportionately best at, were uh, the, a lot of the questions were like, here are six words. What is a three letter word you can put in front of all of them? And it changes oh, all yeah, the way. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, that so, was a fun one. Yeah, and so I just, uh, I like doing crosswords, and there's a lot of like prefix, suffix stuff in crosswords. Right. And so uh, it
1: was fun. The other thing that I was trying to work with uh, on my first run at it was I wanted to I, I had I had high ambitions, lofty ambitions, to take pictures of some of the questions so that we could discuss them. Screenshot loses
0: you too much time.
1: Oh, exactly. Well, so I had my phone out next to me with the camera open and I was thinking, you know, if a good one comes up, I'll take a picture of it and then answer it and this this shouldn't take too long. And then, at, like after like the second question, I was like, "There's no way I'm gonna even have the brain capacity to think this is a good question." Then take the picture, then answer the question, mm. and not have elapsed eleven minutes.
0: Well, I would have cut out the camera. I would have just done the Control Shift Three. You know that. Oh, right?
1: Control Shift Three does a whole screenshot. Yeah. I only knew Control Shift Four, which is which then is the like then you select one. it, yeah. right?
0: But Control Shift Three is your whole screen
1: well see if i knew that then yeah, we'd, we'd have be, a lot of questions we'd be going through my entire test right now and finding out where i went wrong what's another question <laughs> i remember i um,
0: the ones that like i was sort of shocked by or not shocked by but more like it were ones where it's like which of these is the smallest number and it was like 0. 0.7 0. 0.07 777 42 I'm just curious, are those, those are just like gimmies, or they're like, I didn't see anything in them where it's like, oh, you have to understand, I guess you have to understand decimal points.
1: Well, it's funny because this, this is one where I, I think when we talked about it on the podcast last week, you talked about there being, oh no, I'm thinking about uh, the uh, odds evens ones, like what's, 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 what shouldn't be here? And it's like. Oh yeah yeah yeah. 246710 or something. Um and you were like, well actually th- maybe it's 10 because there's two digits there. Like maybe there is the trip up of like um I don't know. I don't know. Maybe they think smallest whole number or whole integer or something or like yeah, maybe they don't yeah. I don't know.
0: I don't know. It was weird. The other thing that the question that I did not like is a couple of times I think twice there were sort of like synonym questions. It was like two words, and they asked, are these the yeah. opposite meaning, similar meanings, or have no relation at all? And they would be two words that didn't truly have no relation to each other at all, but they didn't have, at least in one of them, they definitely didn't have opposite meanings, they definitely didn't have the same meaning, but they weren't totally unrelated in the sense of like, they could be applied to similar concepts, I found it I, I, also the, it asked what I remember one of the questions I got was like what's a synonym of banter and it the things that it listed none of them were synonyms for banter it was yeah. like uh tricking teasing rebuking So I, I can't remember uh, but I just was just like none of these are banter
1: uh, I chose teasing, I think. On, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm sure there was no actual synonym there, because the one synonym one I remember was on my father's test while I was looking over his shoulder, and it said, what is a cinema- synonym of tenacity? And it listed, like, aptitude, I want to say, like, banality or something, and then, like, chutzpah. Wow. and I, That's so weird that they would expect... And the answer was chutzpah. Yeah, like that's the that is that the was, correct it answer. It was the yeah, closest yeah. one. And I don't think chutzpah does translate directly to tenacity. I think it's like
0: it's more know, like ballsy a, or yeah. like
1: great. You know, gutsy. Um, but but right, it's so weird. There's there are so many people in the world that would look at the word chutzpah and go, "That I have no is idea not that an means, American. Yeah. That is not an English word. That is not a word in the dictionary." You can't even, uh, you know, I feel like it's maybe the
0: maybe part of what it tests as well is like it sometimes puts in questions that are like kind of bad questions. And it's more like a thing of like if you like, you know, how good are people also at recognizing like, oh, this this isn't worth laboring over for a minute and losing a minute. Let me just move on like your dad did. But like the that I don't know, that somehow seems useful as a skill for a football player of like uh, how to quickly be like, oh, no, that's not going to work and adjust and just go to the next
1: thing. Yeah. I mean, I guess technically there's something to efficiency there and also like having a short memory, you know, like the like the ability to move on from something that isn't working in Mm -hmm. order to, um, you know, go on and achieve results in another area right well like yeah. if a play if a play dies and it was your fault you know are you gonna sit and sulk about it or just like oh i was thinking again. of
0: like emotional resilience i was thinking more well, yeah. like you know you're a quarterback you're looking you were supposed to pass to oh, someone definitely over if you're there. a quarterback it's all about it's like, like oh i don't see an option there except forget it i'll just right. run it right, right. instead right. of like being like let me wait it out through. until the yeah. right yeah. yeah 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 um but yeah uh it was a fun to take the so, test. Yeah, that yeah. was our
1: that was our recap of our Wonderlick scores. But now on to today's topic, which is which is the uh, you know recess games, gym games,
0: uh, and we were going to start by talking about like dodgeball because it has become a progressively less popular sport.
1: Yeah, and um, and this is one that I find interesting because it's it's something that I experienced in my lifetime. Um, you mean as, playing it? Or? Well, I'm going to get there, but as as many of our viewers um, or listeners know, you know, have experienced similarly, they played it as a child. And then as, as an educator, I watched it phase out, you know, mm. sort of die mm. out of fashion. Um, and it is a game
0: that definitely feels like it can get mean.
1: Well, yeah, so, like, the the things that I've read on it, you know, a lot of them talk about how, you know, people either have nostalgia or, like, bedwetting nightmares about dodgeball. Like, and there's sort of, they, they like to make it out, you know, scarily that there's no in-betweens, right? That you were either, like, that kid who loved dodgeball or you're, like, repressing memories and suggesting that you love dodgeball now um, or it was a terror for you.
0: Well, it's a game that has, like, no turns and, like, very limited skills you have to learn. It's strangely intuitive, so it's good for that reason. It's
1: totally intuitive.
0: The problem is that, like, you know, for young kids who are all at, like, different stages of development and stuff like that, uh, it's easy without even trying for, like, weak kids to get picked on in it. it. It's all, you know... It's also like it's hard to really get injured playing dodgeball but like a dodgeball to the face is like jarring and shocking in a way that like if you're already feeling like shitty and put upon and like frantic and whatever during the dodgeball game that like it it just feels shitty Mm -hmm. um we didn't play a whole lot of dodgeball growing up but i do remember the experience of like getting hit in the face with one of those balls and it's not It's not super painful, but it's, like, just – it's just a thing of, like – I don't know. I could imagine feeling – if I was feeling beat up upon in a dodgeball Mm -hmm. game, then being, like, whacked a bunch of times with a dodgeball, Mm -hmm. like,
1: uh, adds to it. I want to read something uh, to you from – this is from uh, one of our favorite publications, The Huffington Post, and it's an op-ed. This is called Dodgeball Has No Place in Our Schools. Um, And this is a couple of paragraphs in. I was a multi-sport jock, and playing dodgeball in school meant I could use my size and athletic ability to pummel my less physically gifted classmates before ultimately battling my fellow jocks for dodgeball supremacy. It was a testosterone-laced high, sanctioned by the school nonetheless. Looking back, I can't fathom what the educational value of dodgeball could possibly have been. I also have great empathy for the 98-pound weakling who cowered in the corner hoping the inevitable missile coming his way wouldn't permanently separate his head from his body. And the heavy kid with glasses who wasn't agile enough to avoid being the depository for five or six balls fired at him simultaneously. What do you yeah. think about that?
0: Um, I I don't know. That's... Um, it like a good try, I guess. I don't know. A good try at what? Uh, it it just seems like a. I feel like if somebody asks me, it's ridiculous. Me, right. just
1: call it out. It's fucking ridiculous. Like this guy is way overblowing it, and also trying to pretend that he doesn't know what the actual, you know, uh, what the actual learning experiences could be in a game of dodgeball. Right. Well, it feels like he somebody no educational value.
0: This feels more like somebody in high school like was given the assignment of like right from the perspective of a John Hughes movie character <laughs> now. But that's but that's exactly like, the point. It feels very fake.
1: But I think that's exactly the point is I think that um, my feeling is that somewhere along the way, we got it into our heads through pop culture and pop culture alone. That dodgeball was a menace, and that it had to be done away with. That this that this actual existence of the the nerd, uh, you know, who's afraid to go to gym class because the coach is encouraging the bigger kids to bully him through dodgeball or the fat kid or whatever. Blah well, that's blah how blah. You get where where does that really come from? It really comes from like freaks and geeks, right? It really just comes from right cuz he's not actually referencing well, also, anybody that if, he like, maybe actually that's what the
0: with. 80s were like maybe we we just didn't grow up in the right era maybe like in the 80s this, people were shitty bullies
1: but this didn't happen in the 80s it, no, it supposedly I know. happened in the 90s when you know you mentioned columbine uh, jokingly but but i've i've got another one that does bring up columbine um and it's like, whoa! Wait a second. Talk about left field. Also, the Columbine
0: was not like an anti. It, it, the narrative of it being like an anti-jock, anti-bully thing was was entirely fictional.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I just totally mean, made yeah. up. But so wait. So I'll give you this one then. From May 6, thousand one. This is from the New York Times, titled "Increasingly Schools Move to Restrict Dodgeball." It starts off. If students in Peter Halberger's grade uh, grade school gym class had it their way, the weekly dodgeball game would be a daily event. Um, the kids love it, uh, he says. They they would play it every day if they could. But what was once shrugged off as a harmless game is now considered aggressive, unwholesome, and a cause of injuries by some school administrators. Um, blah, blah, blah. They've worked to discourage, limit, or even ban the game. And then later on, we have, with column, this is a quote from Ms. Farr, who is um, a, a curriculum specialist in Austin, Texas. Um, with Columbine and all the violence that we are having, we have to be very careful with how we teach our children, Miss Farr said, referring to recent school shootings, including the one in April 1999 n- near Littleton, Colorado, in which two teenagers killed 12 students and a teacher and then killed themselves. Whoa, wait a second. Where the fuck did all of that come from? This this one fucking learning curriculum specialist, by the way, not a real job, curriculum specialist in Austin, Texas, Decides to make some far fetched cockamamie connection between Columbine and dodgeball, and suddenly this writer in the Times decides this would be a good place to write that two teenagers killed twelve students and a teacher and then killed themselves. Like we're we're really starting a fire over nothing here, right? Like no, we're so not. talking am guessing kids you're dying pro, in dodgeball. Pro dodgeball. It's not that I'm pro dodgeball. It's that I'm almost never. Let's ban everything outright, like uh, with the exception of guns, uh, which I do think should just be banned. But
0: well, I, I'm I'm curious. Uh, I'm trying to think of like um, not uh, not at all in an argument against uh, your point. Just I'm trying to think of what you can have as like all inclusive sports for gym class for
1: kids. So like, here's the thing. And, and and I'm glad you said that because I think that another thing that happens with the Dodgeball conversation and maybe and maybe why it got to this point, but again I'm gonna say that this happens in pop culture all the time, is that the 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 image of dodgeball has become it's a mandatory thing, right? That everybody is forced to play. And when kids are forced to do anything that they don't wanna do, then it does become a problem. Mm-hmm. Right. So if you're forced to play and you're not super confident in your abilities, then, yeah, dodgeball is going to be a drag for you. So I think the issue becomes why are we forcing kids to play that sport then? There has to be choice involved. And, I mean, I I can remember from, you know, most of my PE experiences growing up that there were choices involved. Oh, You could could choose to play basketball or choose to – I remember there being days where we all had to play a certain sport. I remember that more in, like, after school, which actually was where we played a lot of dodgeball. And I, I want to go back to this thing about, uh, you know, the 98-pound kid or the really fat kid um, being these archetypes of, of bully targets, of human targets. I think we talked about it on another podcast, and I don't know if it's it's one that's gone out yet, but that I was bullied as a child. Oh, yeah, we did talk about it. And, and yet... I never felt bullied on the dodgeball court. Oh, like, that's where you to thrived. Me, well, it's not that I thrived. I'm not even particularly any good at it. But to me, dodgeball, it's its a team sport, right? This mm-hmm. idea that it's about bullying is, again, cockamamie because it's a team well, sport in which the object is to win, just like the object in basketball is to win. And sometimes you'll win by 50 points, and it's not bullying the other team. I think there's a difference there, though, that Dodgeball is a team sport
0: that involves no coordination, or at least no, none that I can. it does
1: involve coordination. It involves between players. There's there can be there can be teamsmanship in in dodgeball. My point is just that it's each more, other, like, you okay, know, catching a ball in front of a teammate. But
0: basketball is centered around a single ball making a single I play. I mean
1: tennis. T- Baseball, there isn't a lot of coordination between players. Golf, there isn't a lot of coordination between players, but, but, but golf can but be a team sport. But people have specific roles.
0: Like, I, I would say that in, uh, in baseball or basketball, uh, people have specific roles and they have to coordinate with one another in order to make a play. Whereas dodgeball, I'm not saying, I'm sure at the highest levels of dodgeball, there is coordination between players, but it, on some level, it is a thing of just, You're trying not to get hit, and you're trying to hit as many people as you can. Totally right. And there's not a single ball that the team has to coalesce around and like work together to use. It's just a free, a bunch of balls roaming around, right? And so, for that reason, I feel like dodgeball. It is even as a team sport, it is possible for people to get singled out.
1: I I believe you just, just like in a, in a team sport of basketball, it's possible for one kid to feel left out of the play every time because he's not getting the ball passed to him. No, that's
0: true. That's true.
1: I I mean, like kids, kids' emotions are fragile and we definitely need to recognize that. Um, But again, to me, that doesn't mean we have to put an entire sport in jail. What do you think about the
0: charge that, you know, what are we learning from dodgeball? like
1: dodgeball is all about throwing i mean right like it's it's about getting as much practice throwing and catching in as possible well but what i mean
0: is like with basketball in a very
1: organic way and because there are more balls you have more opportunities all the time right if you're playing a game of basketball how many shots does a kid actually take during a game but i'm talking in terms of like five, five more elastic
0: life skills in the sense of with basketball you know, students are learning to cooperate with one
1: another. It's, dodgeball is running, it's jumping, it's dodging. So it's, it's purely
0: the physical benefits of dodgeball. It's absolutely. not the, you know, the team sport benefits. Fuck uh, no. Oh,
1: I'm not suggesting that. No, I'm not saying well, you are. You're, you're always mixing up the teams anyway. It's not like they're traveling teams of dodgeball players, at least not at the elementary school level. No, like, I know. Yeah, I'm just saying that the,
0: there are certainly some sports that are played in school and in PE classes that people would argue the things that you learn from it are life skills that go beyond the actual Mm -hmm. sport, that, you know, with whether it's working with other people, whether it's, you know, sharing, Mm -hmm. whether it's, you know, uh, being a good sport. that those, well,
1: yeah, being a good sport definitely gets into dodgeball because yeah, it's all I'm about just, staying in or going out. And, my point is you know, just that honesty. It
0: dodgeball seems like a totally good workout for kids. I I don't see a reason to ban it, but it's one could make the argument that like uh sort of the emotional skills you learn and like interpersonal skills you learn through other team sports Mm -hmm. are missing in Mm -hmm. dodgeball and I don't know that's I suppose there are other other ways that you can just if you just need kids to do physical activity and be healthy that if you have a lot of kids crying over dodgeball you can just do something else
1: right but but in but in but even in the times article i just read to you the kids aren't crying over dodgeball they're crying over the fact that they can't play it every day Mm. right like kids like dodgeball it's parents that have decided that dodgeball isn't good and that they should get rid of it and that's where i think this whole thing has become very misguided
0: well no doubt getting really freaked out over dodgeball is a silly thing but I do think it it does stand in for something more real of just uh, you know uh, kids getting ostracized or bullied is a real thing and whether the worst like whether they're at their worst when they're suffering in dodgeball or not I think that's like a thing that
1: I don't know. Jim, uh, it's just, look, to me, to me, I, I'm not a hard ass. Like, uh I'm not, I'm not, you know, a spare the rod, spoil the child kind of educator or,
0: you Uh, know, parent
1: or anything.
0: I'm not saying you are. No,
1: and I'm not saying that you are saying I am. But I, I get upset by the, like, big self-esteem movement, right? And I think that absolutes lead to absolute shit results right that the everybody gets a trophy is insulting in the same way that nobody gets to play dodgeball is insulting because nobody nobody grows from that there there is no learning that's happening in either of those situations
0: well i what i would tell you about Everybody gets a trophy stuff. That seems to be largely focused on kids at a very young age. And that's an age where I don't think it's a huge issue not, you know, just to, like, celebrate kids participating in something, right? That, like, as you as they grow up and start differentiating themselves, like, I think it's totally I, – I just – it doesn't annoy me that, you know, kindergartners I'm, I'm playing soccer I'm telling you all goes, get a trophy.
1: Dog, I'm telling you it goes farther than kindergarten in kindergarten I'm absolutely fine with it I'm suggesting it goes up into the middle school age and it's nauseating at that point Yeah I think though that's I just I don't think we're sparing anybody's feelings by doing that right I don't I, think, it's I a, think that no, it's, I, think, think, I think, think that it's I think you're that looking it's at the wrong way
0: You're looking at it the wrong way it's not about sparing people's feelings it's about I think the well, best version of it is about uh celebrating stuff about each person right like that it's highlighting uh, everybody's contribution
1: are you saying that the trophies be individualized in some I way not even, like not necessarily superlatives?
0: but not necessarily but in the sense of like uh you know uh, actively you recognizing that each person has contributed to an overall success of a team. Look,
1: I've 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 run a lot of races, right? Uh-huh. So I've gotten a lot of medals. Okay? Because at this point, you get a medal for every goddamn race you run. And the medals... That's I've, more of a marketing well, thing, I think. Well, fine. Than... But the medals I've earned, I appreciate. The medals I got for running 5K races, I'd sooner just... ...curl into the ocean. Like, what? It's completely insulting to get, you know, some fucking gaudy medal for running a 5K. Like, and kids see through that shit, too, when you just get a generic trophy for... Yeah, it just doesn't annoy me, though. All right, fine. (laughs) Um, Um,
0: So... yeah. What what sport should kids be playing?
1: Well, uh, I think kids should be playing more dodgeball. I really do. Oh, I but guess that's the end of the episode. That's the end of the episode. But no, it's not. Um, so if you're, if you're like me and you grew up in the 90s um, and are an adult now or something verging on an adult uh, and you either know kids or teach kids or are around kids, then you've seen that in the wake of dodgeball, some new monster has arisen and its name is gaga what is gaga game because i genuinely do not know so my first experience with gaga came at summer camp um camp thoreau in vermont um which was you know a pretty hippy dippy camp for uh new york city kids uh, i'd say they were like 90 92 percent new york city kids and then like eight percent boston kids Um, and the game is, the game there was played by laying, uh, probably six or eight benches down on the ground, uh, so the seat side was facing in, and this created, like, an octagon, basically. Like, what we, like, what we today would understand as, like, an MMA octagon, or, like, a cockfighting pit. I know what the shape of an octagon is. Um... And so, and and it was played in this pit called the Gaga Pit with a volleyball. Um, and the the way the game is played is it's it's a it's an every person for themselves game. And the object is to get your opponents out, is to be the last person standing. And you get people out by hitting them with the ball from their knee down to their foot. If the ball touches you anywhere from your knee to your foot, you are out. The ball can touch your body anywhere else. Uh, So if you want to hit it at another person or elbow it at another person or whatever, you know, you can do all those things. Um, The other rule of the game is uh, that you can only touch the ball once until it touches another person or a wall. Okay. So you can sort of dribble it around the wall and pass it to yourself, um, you know, roll it around. Um, the wall being the... The benches. The yes. okay. um, then Yes. But then if you hit it and it doesn't hit anything else, that's it. You just have to run away because you can't touch it again.
0: How many balls are there?
1: There's just one. Just I mean, one. W- traditionally, the way I learned it, there was uh-huh. just one. There's lots of variations on the game. Um, I've come up with some rules myself uh, from time to time, using it with kids. Um, but I took great pleasure in this game it's super fun and when you when you really get into it it's all about like hitting it between your legs and like spinning and dodging and you know jumping over balls that you can't even see Hmm. um and it's like you can naturally see why kids would gravitate towards a game like this Mm -hmm. um and it's gotten so popular that um you know where once we saw like Discovery Zones and uh, you know Chuck E. Cheese's um, they're now Gaga centers. Really? Where, Yeah they're Gaga centers all around New York where. In the city? In the city where you can uh, you know you can just go in and find a pit and like join a game or whatever or That's you nuts. can like host your birthday party there and like you That's know crazy. have all your friends in your class and some pizza um, but so this, this to me is what's taken the place of dodgeball in america i've seen it at every single institution i've worked at sounds like
0: somewhere in between like four corners and dodgeball
1: yeah it's actually a lot like those two things um except except that in in gaga the ball stays primarily on the ground and it's really a rolling game more than like a bouncing game
0: oh so you don't pick the ball up to throw it at people's feet
1: oh no you can never possess the ball like that you can't lock the ball in in and it's oh, just, you can't pick it up. You can't use two hands. You can only touch it with one hand at a time, and it's really more of so a every, slapping or hitting motion.
0: So during the game, like, and you can't kick it with your feet, obviously. And you can't kick it with your feet. So right. it's like you're bent over. You're like are always going at bent the bo- over. Huh. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Sounds uncomfortable. It's terribly uncomfortable, um, especially for your taller players. Um, but so, yeah, so you don't have any experience with this game. then? Nope.
0: What if someone had no legs? Is there a handicapped version of Gaga? Uh,
1: like a like a like a murder ball yeah. for Gaga? I mean, we haven't gotten into that. Um, I I don't I don't know what that would look like. Um, yeah. Nor do I know if uh, no if blades would be allowed in Gaga because you know. Yeah. Well, he's got enough so on his springy. plate.
0: Oh, uh, were we talking about specifically Pistorius? Oh no.
1: I mean, not specifically. Just any athlete with blades. Okay. Um,
0: yeah, well, like... Uh, yeah, uh, anyway, back to normal Gaga, I
1: guess. Okay, back to normal Gaga. Um, so, uh, I have here just a uh, a couple of quotes. Um, so, this is from the, uh, the Gaga Wikipedia. Um, and this is about... So, so the Gaga Wikipedia states that it came. It's actually uh, an Israeli game, or that it comes to us from Israel. Um, and it says on popularity outside of Israel, Gaga was played in the Australian Jewish community of Perth, Western Australia, from the 1960s. Um, the 80s saw a thriving period for junior Gaga competition. The game was introduced through the exchange of Israeli matrichim. Uh, counselors to Australia or Australian Madrakim returning from Israel, Gaga was also played in U.S. Jewish camps and youth movements in the in the 1960s, having been introduced through the same mechanism. Is Thoreau, a Jewish camp. Thoreau was a pretty Jewish camp. Um, in 2000, in July 2012, the New York Times wrote that, to the surprise of parents who recall the game from their youth, Gaga is solidly mainstream. Among the things that contributed to Gaga's expansion, the article credits children's love of the game. Quote, they are teaching it to their parents and not vice versa. It's not like baseball or football or tennis where they have to emulate someone else. Kids own it. <laughs> I just like the way that one's sold. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then the last thing I want to read is Gaga continued its U.S. expansion to Manhattan with the opening of the Gaga Center, New York's first facility dedicated to the sport. ABC News was the first broadcast news organization to cover the sport of gaga at the Gaga Center like, labeling it the quote kinder gentler version of dodgeball
0: did AB- ABC News covered it the as gaga a news Center. story not yeah, like uh, yeah. it wasn't like they were showing gaga
1: competitions no no yeah. no i wish i've actually tried to look for that before um uh, not not even for this podcast but just in general yeah uh, i see. would imagine on youtube right yeah you can you can find you can find videos of gaga but you can't find like somebody covering gaga like but i
0: mean in the sense of like are there are there, there gaga must be, leagues yet well there must be some gaga competition i mean
1: the problem is is it is it is a a, a free for all right so it's mm-hmm. not like a team thing so like the way that the way that like even something like uh, Ultimate Frisbee has leagues around the country like Gaga Gaga's more like poker like what would your I don't know what your your skill ranking you'd have to be ranked somehow in order to be allowed in you know or like golf I guess Um, tennis or tennis yeah there's lots of individual sports but um, but
0: I don't know I mean, I know you could set up a tournament pretty easy with just, you have a bunch of different, you know, let's say you start with 100 people, you have a bunch of different games, and the winners keep moving on.
1: Right. Um, So, I do want, since we've been talking about Gaga and the rise of it, and since that article uh, just said that ABC News characterized it as a kinder, gentler version of dodgeball, uh-huh. i do I do have a clip that I did find that I kind of want you to see um and I think you'll get why I want you to see it very shortly it's it's a minute and thirty seconds um okay,
0: I'll watch it I guess you'll cut it in later uh what do you mean cut it in later I mean the if we can cut the audio into the the podcast sure. later Sure, or, i'm
1: gonna, I'm gonna turn it up we'll see we'll see what happens
0: oh okay. uh, God well I'm gonna refrain from commenting on it. Until it's done. Okay. Great. So that yeah. One guy is much better than the others.
1: <laughs> so, for for the audience, if you could characterize what what you just witnessed in in the Gaga pit,
0: um,
1: and this was again your first experience seeing Gaga, right?
0: I guess it's it's like um, there's a lot more bouncing off the walls of the octagon than I was envisioning at first, and like you whack it really hard, and like a lot of the times people get knocked out. Sort of by accident to a certain Unlike degree. like ricochets. Yeah. Yeah. That like, it seems like the more you can control the ball, you know, the easier it is to dominate. Especially towards the beginning because you can just bounce it around enough it's bound to hit somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, right. And then, yeah, it's a bunch of people bent over swinging their arms to hit a ball.
1: And you said the ball goes pretty quickly. like like Faster than I would have thought faster than dodgeball in dodgeball no not faster than dodgeball in dodgeball i think almost
0: definitely not oh okay i just i mean i think right the speed with which you i mean i don't know it's it's all in a much closer space so maybe by the time the dodgeball would reach a person it would be at a slower speed but i have to assume that the start of a throw of a dodgeball uh Moving through the air has less resistance than a you, ball scraping around the, would on the you, ground.
1: Would you agree with ABC's uh, 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 proposal then that this is a kinder, gentler dodgeball? Um, I I don't see it as. I guess nobody gets hit in the face with the ball. Definitely, nobody gets hit in the face with the. Well, Which, you can. I mean, like, I mean, I've seen I'm not happen, saying. Yeah, but, but I'm I'm just saying that there's. But that's like, not the intention. Just like that's not the intention in
0: dodgeball. I think it would be harder to be malicious in this game in a certain way that like the, in the way that like with dodgeball, I feel like you can throw a ball at someone in a way that's conceivably somewhat humiliating. Whereas Mm -hmm. like this, like even if you're like knocking people out also like once you get hit, you just get hit. You don't come back in. Right. Mm -hmm. So like there's an element to like, there's, You're just trying to avoid getting out, yeah, right? Uh, It's you know, not at that. And nothing's immune to bullying, but I I do see how this could be. I do see how this could maybe have, if dodgeball is causing problems, I could see how this could have fewer of those problems. And I imagine for the majority of students, dodgeball's super fun. I have to imagine. Maybe the people's problem with it is overblown, but there must be some kids that feel picked on and bullied during Dodgeball, and maybe it's possible that this has a lower percentage of kids who would feel that way. I mean I,
1: I think I think the case will just be that this is too new for anybody to decide that. Like like Dodgeball has such a long history in the United States that you know we can we can sort of look back on it in that way. Um, but nobody's going to make wide-spanning declarations about Gaga yet Um, until we get, like we did in the Huffington Post or the New York Times, our first few op-eds saying that Gaga is a menace, and then once those start, I guarantee it'll be a fucking landslide of, you know, Gaga ruined my life, I can't believe these kids are still playing it. Um, The way it sort of is with Everything I mean, in our whiny mamby pamby generation.
0: I, you know, I just think that it's all about uh, like the correct supervision. I, I imagine there are ways in which you know uh, things can turn the wrong way with kids, uh, as long as they're like well supervised and their teachers do a good job of like making sure that people aren't being like maliciously acted against
1: but you just said it like the right supervision like yeah wouldn't the right supervision just change all of these things right and wouldn't you know somebody who's you know attuned to kids feelings and taking charge of them and you know emotionally intelligent adults I
0: just don't care I, like, I this, like, dodgeball, gaga, whatever, it's like it's I, – I really don't care that much either way, to be honest. Like, I, I, I just feel like it's a thing where if someone's like, we're not going to play dodgeball at this school because we feel like it leads to blah, 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 and blah, blah, it. blah, I'm like, sure, whatever.
1: Fuck it. What if I told you it wasn't – none of this had anything to do with dodgeball or gaga or what sport it was? What if I said that it's really just that, again, pop culture wise, and and possibly from anecdotal experience, that we've created this this uh, stigma around gym altogether, right? The same way that people get like scared about math, or you know, would I care if my kid's school didn't have gym? No, that's not my question, but, but like that that it's really more about like gym teachers and who gym teachers are and the characterization of them. Because I'll give you the example, like, we we don't see explicit dodgeball in this, but we do see a gym teacher who is clearly being cruel and encouraging cruelty in an episode of Seinfeld, the episode where, uh, uh, it's the library episode, and Jerry has a very overdue book from like the 70s, It's Mm -hmm. Tropic of Cancer, or Capricorn, and... It turns out, you know, that George was the one who actually had it and never got it back. And the reason why he never got it back to the library was because his gym teacher, who calls him Stansia, uh, is bullying him along with the assistance of some of the bigger kids in his grade.
0: Yeah, well, I, I mean, I think there's definitely a largely untrue narrative of, like, um, kids who are not as physically developed, uh, being bullied by their jock by the uh, gym teacher, gym teacher. yeah, but by the PE teacher. I do imagine that there is. I'm not saying I don't know what the approach to it is, but I'm. Sh- I just have to believe that uh, kids who are. F- physically weaker have a harder time in gym class for a number of reasons mainly that they're physically weaker and there's just something about somebody being piled up on because of like an actual physical weakness. But like that like saying, that I think just like it makes people feel uncomfortable.
1: But like you're saying about supervision, right? Like th- we know that there are sports and there are athletic endeavors that have nothing to do with physical strength, right? And that or that aren't about being the fastest, right? There are lots of games where it's about listening, right? Or games where it's about cooperation, right? You know, physical tasks that you know, challenge you in ways that don't just thin the herd in those very, you know, trite terms of stronger, faster, taller, you know, jumps farther. Um, And I think your point about supervision is a good one that if we really, if we really get down to it, it's more just about like having teachers who care enough to come up with those ways of, you know, incorporating phys ed um, that, that just aren't you know fucking trite like that aren't mm. useless and divisive
0: yeah that makes sense i don't know i just like it it's also at the end of the day it's like fucking gym class who cares
1: it's fucking gym class like it's supposed to be fun i mean just like run around like or don't have it i don't care or don't <laughs>
0: Like, it's fucking gym class. Well,
1: that's not what the people want to hear now, though, because they want to say that, you know, iPads and iPhones are creating obesity in our our youth, and they need gym now more than ever.
0: I mean, kids should be physically active. I genuinely, if I had kids, I don't know how much I would care about whether they specifically had gym class. You know, I think I'd want to set them up to be physically active kids, I know that any physical activity I did growing up had very little to do with whether or not I had a gym class.
1: I remember, I remember going to gym class and changing for, in high school and changing for gym class
0: and just sitting, around. and then
1: just walking around the gym, like yeah. just walking around the gym, talking to people and doing nothing. And now I run, you know, ultra marathons. It has like no connection to gym. Yeah, I, it just. I don't no, it's know. It's just a fucking waste of time. Yeah. Um, so you're saying if you had children, uh, you would, would you or would you not go to their gym teachers' conference?
0: Oh, yeah, sure. You go I mean, to the conference. We're talking about like <laughs> no, the parent teacher meetings. <laughs> yeah, or... parent teacher conferences. Yeah. I mean, if they're scheduled, <laughs> I'll go. I'm not gonna blow off. Like if I'm already well, I think there you at you the sign, school, you sign
1: up for which ones you want to go. Oh, to.
0: I don't know how it works, <laughs> but like if it's a thing where it's like. Oh, over the course of like the evening, you go to each of like
1: uh, I wouldn't just like kill time to avoid it. <laughs> what if what if what if your child came home and told you that they were failing middle school gym? I would be like, you have to change, right? <laughs> That's, that is it. I mean, yes, you nailed so, it. Yeah, that is the minimum requirement.
0: I mean, it's like a thing of. At that point, you know, I don't really care that my kid. Is, it's not an issue of like their, because no, nobody's getting graded in gym on their physical ability. It's Absolutely all about not. like, are you putting in the tiniest amount of effort? And if like my kid refuses to put that effort in, that's more of an issue than anything else. Um, but honestly, uh, the the things that would get so me worked up saying, about a curriculum. I think what we're saying, my hypothetical kids school would just not be the gym stuff
1: i think really what we're saying is that gym is actually just a test of compliance and in some ways if you will comply and just change into fucking shorts and sneakers well here's the other
0: thing that's it's fucking gross that like I, i think at least once you get to like little kids can run around and sweat and whatever and then go back to their classrooms i mean little kids are just filled with so much energy but once you get to like middle school and high school you shouldn't have kids like doing physical activities getting sweaty and then going back to class that's it's gross freaking nasty. It's, it's
1: freaking nasty
0: yeah it's i don't know uh
1: and also also if also how much time is being spent changing right it's one of those things where it's like it's just not even time effective or like cost effective yeah to change for 10 minutes walk around a gym for twenty minutes and then change for ten minutes again. Like that was your entire period. And we're complaining we're complaining all the time, you know, uh you know, politicians are complaining all the time, our kids are getting dumber and like we don't rank well enough in math and science and reading. It's like, well, we're wasting a lot of fucking time because you guys still think gym is an important time of the day.
0: Yeah, I don't know, and I I honestly I don't have like enough data to speak to like the role that gym plays in the lives of like other students. Um, you know, I can only speak to my own experience and like Jim did not matter.
1: Would you believe me if I told you that I had friends in high school who who failed in their compliance test, right? To to change into gym every day. Oh, I totally and, believe it. And wound up with I wanna say like six missed gym credits by senior year that they had to make up. I remember I I hated having to change because we never did anything that physically
0: exerting and like I was like I don't want to, uh, but like I did it because I didn't want to like not get like to fail gym seemed ridiculous but like it I is ridiculous but if I was like slightly more like had issues with authority I totally could have seen myself being like fuck <laughs> you I'm not changing. <laughs> Um, uh, But yeah, our entire grade was almost, yeah, I think our entire grade was based off of whether or not we changed.
1: It was. It definitely was. It's
0: very stupid. I don't, I don't get it. But, uh. <laughs> I'm, so,
1: I'm so glad we did this episode that you're completely resigned to. I don't care. I don't. <laughs> I don't get it. It's not important. Yeah, it, it's.
0: Yeah and uh, but just back to like dodgeball stuff I do think that like if my kid came home crying because like it's like oh everybody beats up on me during dodgeball or whatever I think I I don't think I would go to like the school and be like you got to get rid of dodgeball kids are using it as a means to bully my kid I think I would try and figure out some framework of personal growth for my kid right. but I do understand like that's not that's not a policy answer to a problem, but like I, I I don't I just don't think that like especially with gym stuff I cannot imagine myself getting worked up enough to try and make any changes. Right. Yeah. Um. But yeah. Uh. Anyway. Uh. I think this about wraps it up. Yeah. I
1: think we'll call it.
0: All right. Goodbye.
1: Goodbye. Thanks for listening.